We're so glad that you're here today. I want to talk with you about being busy. Uh, I was busy is the title of this sermon today. If you want to, turn to 1 Kings 20, verse 40. It says, as thy servant was busy here and there, the prisoner was gone. Palm Sunday is a special Sunday, as you know. It's always the Sunday before Easter. It commemorates in Christian churches the celebration of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And the folks uh, laid down branches in front of him, and he walked on the palms as he went into town. It was a very special time, and all the Christians that were there kept the main thing, the main thing. They kept their eyes on Jesus the Christ. It was very, very special. A day that was very meaningful to them, and it's a day that is very meaningful for us. This morning, I want us to think about uh, this verse. The story of this verse topically goes something like this. This morning, pretend that you're a general and that there is a great battle going on all around you, and your men catch a very important person on the other side, and so you pull one of your soldiers out of the crowd and you say, I want you to guard this guy. You're going to be his guard. I want you to stand right in front of his cell with your sword. And I don't want you to let him go. And then the general thought about it for a moment and he said, let me make that a little stronger. If he escapes, then we're going to take your life. So keep watching him, keep taking care of him, because he's a very important person. Well, the soldier acts like uh, he appreciates this a task that he's been given, especially by the king, and he's all excited about that, of course. He's been singled out to do that. He seems like he's very serious about what he's doing. He takes his position before the cell that the prisoner is in, and he begins to stand guard with all diligence. He's right there uh, doing what he's supposed to do. Well, the next day, The general is walking by that way, and he is greatly shocked because the soldier that was left uh, to guard that cell is not there. There's nobody there. And then he looks into the cell, and good night. The prisoner is not there. The prisoner has escaped. And you look around in the cell, and there is the soldier that was guarding the cell the day before. You just can't believe it. The guard uh, is now in chains, sitting there on a bench in the cell. You're so upset, and you say to the soldier that's in leg irons, what in the world happened? How did the prisoner get away? I put you in charge of this. What in the world? What happened? Did the prisoner somehow trick you and overcome you 
Did the enemy break through the line and come and take over this area right here? Did an intruder in the night come up and hit you on the back of your head and exploit those moments to get the prisoner out and take him away? What happened? How in the world did the prisoner escape? The soldier is so ashamed, he can't even lift his eyes to the general. He can't look him out of eye. He says, no, he did not escape because I was overpowered or because I was surprised. He escaped because I got real busy and I couldn't watch him all the time. I was busy, too busy. The general said, too busy. Too busy doing what, for crying out loud? This was the most important thing that you could be doing. Guarding this man. Serving your country. Saving your honor. What was more important than that? The guard says, well, nothing in particular. I just got busy here and there. The soldier is sentenced to death. He has not committed any terrible crime. He didn't cut anybody's throat. He didn't stab anybody in the back. He stole nothing. He is not being punished for what he did. He's being punished for what he did not do. That kind of crime or sin is just as dangerous just as awful as any aggressive crime might be. I know a lot of people think that they are very, very pious if they are not doing anything wrong. They think, you know, I am really great. I'm not doing anything wrong. That is an erroneous evaluation. A lot of people in our world judge Christians by what they do not do instead of by what they do. That is an absurd line of reasoning. There are a lot of terrible sins that are very damaging, very despicable, and it's very bad to be guilty, of course, of any of those kinds of crimes or sins. But it is also terrible to be too busy to do your duty. That's important, to do your duty. This is a lesson that our Lord has taught us time and time again. What was wrong with the fig tree that Jesus cursed it? Do you remember that? What was was going on there? It was not that the fig tree was loaded with little berries that were poisoned. That didn't happen. It was because the limbs that came out and the leaves that came out, they were all green and they were pretty and everything, but it didn't grow any figs. There were no figs on the tree anywhere. The fig tree did not fulfill its main function. Do you remember what was wrong with the five foolish virgins? Do you remember? It was not that they were mean and hateful people. 
It was not that they went out at night and burned down some buildings. That isn't what happened. Their mistake was that they had no oil in their lamps at a time when that oil was needed. In their main responsibility, they had failed terribly. They weren't ready. This soldier failed in his main responsibility. That is what wrecked his life. You might say, well, pastor, why in the world did he fail? Why did he fail? Well, he did not fail because of ignorance. He knew what he was supposed to do. And he knew how to do it. It wasn't a hard job. You just stood there with your sword right in front of the cell. And you watched the guy and made sure the guy didn't get away. It was that simple. I know when most of us fail in life, it's rarely because of ignorance. Our greatest need is not for more knowledge. Our greatest need is the spiritual fortitude to live up to what we already know. The reason we are selfish or consistently exaggerating something or frequently misleading someone is not because we don't know any better. We have known better for years. It is because we are unwilling to do any better. There's not a person here in this great room this morning that does not know enough to do his or her duty. All of us know there is an absolute difference between right and wrong. We all know that our Lord has been enlisting us to the right side for years and years and years. We all know that. You know that it is your part to help the right, not to hinder it. It is your part, it is your job to bless and not to curse. It is your job to build up and not to tear down. We err not because of lack of knowledge, but because of lack of spiritual fortitude. I believe God has a particular task for every one of us that's in the room today. It may not be guarding a prisoner, and I doubt that it would be that. But it is a particular responsibility that the Lord wants you to recognize and you to fulfill. I believe we have the knowledge to do whatever God has called us to do. The scripture says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. There are many misfits in the world. A misfit is someone that is doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. When I was in junior high school, my parents decided that they wanted me to become socially adept. They didn't want me to be kind of a fumble bum with uh, situations and with people. So they sent me to a ballroom dancing class. (laughs) I was a terrible, terrible dancer. I was the worst dancer there. I mean, in the whole group, it was a pretty big group. I was the worst by far of anybody that was there. 
the only dance that I could even come close to doing was the tango. Because the tango had certain steps that you take. You know, you take these steps. That's what you do. Well, I would have to get my partner to start me at the right time, to take the first step at the right time, because I never could do that. So my partner would get me going, and then I would just do the steps that I had memorized. Well, uh, that was okay, I guess. But if the dance that we were doing didn't have particular steps, well, I was just awful, just terrible, terrible. I was a misfit. I shouldn't have been there. It was the wrong time for me to be there. But I noticed something. At the intermission, at the break, you know, they always have a break in something that goes for a couple hours. So uh, they had a break. Well, I noticed at the break that some of the guys who were the best dancers, they had not learned yet how to talk, really, and visit with the girls. So they would all go over to the corner of the room and talk to each other. They had never learned how to socialize. I was great at the break. That's when I would shine at the break. Some of the girls that would never, ever dance with me under any circumstances would come over and talk with me during the intermission. We all need to find out what it is that we can do and do well in the Lord's work, in our vocation, in our leisure time, and then do it. Play off of your strength not off of your weaknesses. Do what you have the abilities to do. God has gifted everyone here today. Everybody here today has a spiritual gift. Now, some of you might have numerous spiritual gifts, and I'm happy for you, but everybody has one. God has gifted every one of us in wonderful ways, and we need to use those abilities in His service for a great endeavor. Secondly, this man did not fail because he didn't have any ability. Now, I don't mean by this that you can do anything that you want to do. I hear people saying that kind of rubbish all the time. Have you ever heard somebody say, now you can do anything that you want to do? Well, they're lying when they, when they tell you that. I I know that we're all limited in certain ways at certain times. I'm never going to play tennis at Wimbledon. I'd like to, but uh, I don't have those abilities. I'll never do that. I'm never going to write great sonatas. Uh, Probably you're not going to either. Those things are out of my reach. I don't have the ability to do those things, but there are things that each of us can do and do well. If you will take the gifts that God has given to you and work on them and refine them, it will be a joy to you and a blessing to all the people with which you work. We don't all have the same aptitudes. 
There are people in our church that are great with numbers. I mean great. There are people that are great with children, some that are great in teaching, some that are great in singing, some that are great in building things. Perform the task that God has given to you to do. And in your everyday life, in your social life, in your church life, as you do it, it will bring great joy to your heart. In the third place, this man did not fail because of idleness. This man was not lazy. He was not lazy at all. A lot of people do fail because they're lazy. But this man wasn't. This man was a worker. He had millions, it seemed, of things to do. He was a worker. Uh, He was out trying to do every one of the things that he was supposed to do. He says about himself, I was busy here and there. Yes, he was busy, but he was busy at the wrong thing. Do you know what the word putterer is about? Putterer. A putterer is someone who keeps very busy, but they don't accomplish much. Everyone's ready to go, and the putterer starts moving around, doing a little thing over here, a little thing over there, a little thing over there, and everybody has to wait on them because they are puttering around. They're not ready to go when everybody else is. Do you know anybody today who has a thousand things to do, a lot of appointments to keep, many functions to attend, a lot of burdens to carry, a lot of people that they need to check with, a lot of things they need to straighten out, and they're trying to do all those things at once, and their life is beginning to be a terrible failure. They are accomplishing very, very little. Do you know anybody like that? If you were given a prisoner to watch, and that was your only job, would you watch him? Or would you be off doing a thousand other things with your life in the balance? Someday, someone is going to ask you, did you do your main job while you were here on earth? Many of us are going to say, well, no, not really. I, I did a lot of good things, though. I was, I was busy. I was busy. I was doing things. Do you know anything in life that is any more important than growing in your faith, than being a good parent, a good grandparent, a good great-grandparent? Do you know anything that's more important than making the road easier for others that will be following you? Some of us allow the secondary to absorb us, and we neglect that which is primary. All of the little things that this soldier did were okay things. He wasn't doing anything wrong. They were not vicious things or cruel things. It was okay what what he was doing. They probably were even helpful things, but they were not the main thing. This soldier did not keep the main thing the main thing. 
I don't worry about people in our church murdering people. I don't worry about anybody here robbing a bank. I don't know why I say that. In my last church, one of our members did rob a bank. I worry about people always doing the second best thing or the third best thing or the fourth option thing or down the line. My friends, we need to quit doing the trivial things, quit being a putterer, and do the best things. We need to love God. We need to love our wife. We need to love our husband. We need to love our children. We need to love our parents. We need to give our life to a great idea a great idea, and use the gifts that God has given us to do it. So many people that I talk to these days are engaged in great stress. Their life is filled with stress. They're under so much stress that they take so many pills that they're kind of just knocked out, really, to tell you the truth. Sometimes people are so involved in trivialities that those trivialities are just drowning them. The trivialities of life will take all of your time, and if you're not careful, they will leave you no time for the great things that God wants you to do. Clovis Chapel was a great preacher of a century gone by. He tells the story about when he was growing up in Tennessee. One day... A house down the street from his had caught on fire. The mother was out at the well doing the washing. And she turned around and saw that her house was on fire. And and she just was hit with a frenzy of feelings. Just all at once, you know, this is is just unbelievable. It was a, a moment of terror. She ran into the burning house and she brought out her feather bed. Her feather bed had been passed down from generation to generation, and it was really nice, and it was really comfortable. That's where she slept every night on the feather bed, and it was great, and she wanted to get that thing out of that fire, and she did. She got it, brought it out, put it way away from the fire. Then she thought, you know, there are those special quilts in there, quilts that people have made for me, quilts that people have spent hours and hours and hours on, i got to get back in there. I've got to get those quilts. And she ran back into the fiery house. She got the quilts, brought them out. She was so happy. She said, well, at least I got my feather bed and I got the quilts. But she didn't get her child who burned to death. Later on, she made excuses. She said, well, you know, I thought surely my son, when he saw the fire, would run out of the house. I didn't even think about it. He, he was a smart kid. I mean, if the house is on fire, you run out. I don't know why he didn't run out. She really got caught up in the secondary issues, and she forgot her main issue. Are we like that? Are, are, are we... In any way like that? Are we very busy here and there? Are we just doing decent, responsible things all the time, but forgetting the main thing that our Lord has called us to do? 
Some people get so busy here and there, the Lord just slips out of their lives. Some people get so busy, they can't go to Bible study. They can't read their Bible every day. They can't pray every day. They're busy. Busy doing nice things. But not busy doing the main thing. Some people are so busy that their primary relationships to God and family crumble. Some are so busy that they lay down their lives on the altar of trivialities. My friends, we must put first things first. The scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. No matter how noble you might think that your life is, if you fail to honor our Lord with it, then your life is going to be a failure. I hate to say it that bluntly, but that's the truth. Have you ever been too busy to put the Lord first in your life? You know, maybe today there's someone in the house that's done a whole life of nice things, good things, helpful things, but you've never done the main thing. You've never trusted and believed in Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're going to have an invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front, and we're going to sing a hymn together. If you've never made a public profession of your faith, I pray, I hope that you would do that this morning. If you've been visiting with us for a period of time, I hope that you would come and join our church and help us in the mission that God has given us to do. I wish that you would come and help us do the main thing that the Lord wants this church to accomplish. Come and help us. We really need you. I'll be standing down here. You come as we sing. Let's stand together.